0: From the Ron McKee Free Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Patrick talks to us about The three biggest trends in strength conditioning. How to create productive groups for high school programming and why you should keep programming simple and progress slowly with youth athletes. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. If you're a strength coach or trainer and tired of using Excel, then you need to check out TeamBuilder. You already know who they are. Team Builder is the online strength conditioning software for strength coaches and personal trainers. No matter what your setting is or how many athletes you're training, you can log into Team Builder and write programs, build questionnaires, and access athlete and client performance data go completely paperless and program through team builders tv mode their weight review function or the mobile app that comes free with every subscription start your 14 day trial for free today by using the promo code chalk that's promo code c-h-a-l-k to become part of the hashtag team builder nation alongside with six ncaa national champions three NCAA runner-ups, Super Bowl champions, and many other championship teams. With affordable subscriptions for personal trainers to personal organizations and professional organizations, everything in between, Team Builder is a company that puts the customer first. If you're still not convinced, schedule a 30-minute demo with Team Builder Expert on TeamBuilder.com and see what they can offer you. Hewitt and the staff at Team Builder are standout individuals, and their product is phenomenal. Check them out. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being a strength coach is difficult, and someone once said on our podcast, we pour so much into helping our athletes become better, but we forget who's pouring back into us to help us become better. Without a healthy mind, coaching on the floor, programming, and maintaining the juggling act that we call life can be difficult. The good news is the therapists at BetterHelp are here to help you. Therapy can be whatever we want it to be. Maybe you need the tools to help you keep motivated, or maybe you're feeling burnt out from long days in the weight room, or you just need someone to talk to. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist at a time that works for you. We have a very busy schedule as a strength coach, and the last thing we need to do is be driving to an office and sitting in a waiting room. Simply log into your account and message or speak to your therapist from anywhere at a time that works for you. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp also assesses your needs and will match you with one of over 20,000 therapists in their network. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and make your mind your best asset. We train to keep our bodies strong and resilient. Now it's time to invest in our mental health too. And as a special offer to Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 listeners, you can get 10% off your month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com chalk. That's betterhelp.com slash C-H-A-L-K. And thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, we are joined by Coach John Patrick. He is currently the strength and conditioning coach and department chair of PE at George Walton Academy. Prior to that, he was an associate director of sports performance at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. He's also had stops at the Providence School of Jacksonville, Kennesaw State University, Youngtown State University, Jacksonville University, Jacksonville Jaguars, Georgia Southern, Cleveland Indians, and the Detroit Tigers. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: No, I appreciate it. It's a great opportunity. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Definitely. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at George Walton Academy?
1: For sure. No, for sure. Uh, Well, As you said in the the intro, I was just promoted to uh, department chair. Uh, We've been there for a year. Uh, Our biggest thing is uh, it's a brand new department. So we're considered the Department of Human Performance. Um it's me and another individual we were brought in to to do so, brand new employees, brand new departments. So our biggest thing is obviously uh to expand off of physical education and, and kind of develop a just like it says a human performance aspect. So uh we train, you know, the kids, we don't train kids before school or after school. We train them during the day. It's an elective class. Uh anybody can take the class at the high school level. Uh so we, you know, some classes are uh, you know, may have 15 kids, some some classes have uh you know 30 or 40 kids um just depends who signs up and how it fits in but primarily right now we're pretty much establishing uh like a sports performance class uh well uh perspective so you know we do have athletes and non-athletes training the same uh same class periods it's co-ed class periods which at some schools uh, it is not so you actually have you know there's some feasibility human resource uh, tangibles you have to deal with there but for the most part um you know, we have roughly anywhere from six to seven programs running at one time in one class based off training age. And, you know, kids come in, we go through an assessment. And then from there, we design the program. And then we kind of have uh, graduation steps based off training age and based off some different uh, KPIs that they can they can move up the, the scale. So we're definitely in the in the novice, I guess, uh, entry uh, as far as program goes. Uh, very novice and introductory. You know, our school is not very big. It's roughly uh, roughly about 300 kids in the high school, so it's very small. Uh, but our biggest thing is to pretty much get a lot of contact time with the kids, get as many kids as we can in the class sessions as we can, and, and then from there kind of broaden out. So it's the sky's the limit as far as where we can grow and, and what kind of classes we can offer. Um, you know, I'm very blessed to to move up to the position of the department chair just because we can kind of vertically align the curriculum uh, from elementary, you know, K all the way through 12, and kind of have it as a leveled process, um which right now it's not, but that's something that my goal is to try to try to move that through that uh that sequencing, right? So getting our elementary kids and making sure that they're they're doing similar things. So that way as they go through the ranks to middle school and then into our lower level uh you know ninth, tenth grade, it's a, it's easy transition, right? So um everything you kind of want to you dream about, right? So it's just a matter of uh everybody being on board and you know there's obviously hiccups along the way, but uh, you know for right now it's it's been a it's been a pretty pretty happy with the progress so
0: far so definitely and you have a career that spans mlb nfl d1 and everywhere in between what was the first thing you wanted to focus on when landing at george walton academy
1: um i think i mean the biggest thing that i wanted to focus on was just uh you know, the knowledge base that that I have and we have as far as the staff is that people are using it. Right. So no matter what level you come from, um, you know, or how many years you've been in the business, you kind of want to be appreciated. You want to use that that knowledge you gained through those years. So we just didn't want to be, you know, typical high school stuff. You just didn't want to be the weight room monitor. Right. Or you just didn't want to be the, the in the weight room. We wanted to have an established goal and try to educate the individuals that, hey, this is a profession. Uh, It's a profession you choose to go to college for and and whatnot. You can choose to do so. Right. So, um, you know, we we were in a very unique situation as, as being the first, you know, sports performance or human performance coaches there, just because, just like I said, you know, the school we were at, uh, or before we got there um, pretty much the, the coach they had was a football coach and he ran the weight room. So, you know, there were some, there were some stereotype things that they had to get over, right. Like females weren't working out in the same weight room, you know, Uh, Just the football players had preferential treatment. So there was barriers we had to knock down. We're still knocking down today. Right. So it's just a matter of educating those individuals and trying to make uh, make it, you know, make it known that this profession is worthwhile. Right. Like it's just not not a personal trainer. You're not, you know, X, Y and Z. You're not, you know, coaching another sport. You're a strength conditioning coach. You're a professional. And hopefully these kids and, and their parents um, you try to educate them, too, that this is actually something, you know, you go to school for, you get degrees, you're accredited,
0: you have credentials like it's an established thing. So definitely. And how do you and your other coach go about handling this new department? Because even for 300 ath- or athletes or 300 students, it's still you and one other person. That's it could be a lot to manage. So how do you go about managing and you know, you got training ages that are completely different and you said you have athletes and non-athletes. How do you, how do you go about managing that?
1: Well, I mean, first and foremost, like we don't, uh, you know, we, it's very, very good. You know, he, you know, his name's Carter Smith. He just came out of uh, graduated graduate from Kennesaw state, just got certified. So he's rarely a new coach. He was part of the new football staff that came in. He loves strength conditioning. So the big thing is, is we meshed right away as far as philosophy goes. So that's first and foremost, we're very blessed as far as that. So there's no You know, we should do this or we do that. We're very agreeable on as far as what we need to do and as far as training ages and stuff. So, first and foremost, that we couldn't come into a better situation um, because we were both kind of hired blind from the head of school. He kind of, you know, he kind of made two really good hires because it's kind of meshed really, really well, right? So, um, our first and foremost, we wanted to, you know, come in and establish a curriculum. Uh, The curriculum not necessarily being something that we would have in a lesson plan format, but really something as far as a a style that we want to you know, use. So, you know, you know, we implement team builder, which is really helpful getting our, our programs across um, in a private school setting, especially when human resources are, are scarce, um, having iPads and putting it, make everything green. So you're not printing paper and stuff. is huge. And plus kids have access to the phones. So all of a sudden you have kids hooked because you're using technology, right? So um, that's a big thing. The next thing, you know, we were very fortunate is we really need to communicate with the coaching staff. So football coach was a brand new coach. Who's really big into the weight room. So obviously, you know, they're hooked right away, um, you know, and just try to educate other coaches and other, you know, that, Hey, this is what we want to do. This is our, this is our, you know, uh, our style. Um, this is what we can provide to you as far as services. What do you need from us? You know, and, and that's the biggest thing right now is, you know, a lot of coaches are used to doing their own thing because they've done it for so long. So a lot of them don't want to give up power, right? So you're kind of gaining trust and you're kind of being at practices and showing up to games and talking to kids in the hallway. And, and so, you know, we're on the floor, you know, we may have, we have a very interesting schedule, you know, two days, two days a week, Mondays and Fridays, we have seven periods throughout the day. And then Tuesday through Thursday, we kind of have a rotating block. Where we only have four or five classes throughout the day, but we're on the floor together all the time. So, it's not that hey, you take this class and I'm going to take the next class. Like there's ten kids, we're both on there because we're trying to set a presence. We're trying to you know show them how it needs to be done. So um, that's the biggest thing. Is is I think we're both very passionate about the profession. We're both very passionate about you know the direction of where we want the department to go. The biggest thing is you know having you know individuals sh- you know see that, understand that, and especially the athletes too. With so much other things going on, you know if they're playing travel ball or if they have their specialty coach they go to, or they're looking at Instagram or what they're used to in the past, as far as training, um, it's trying to break through those stereotypes and those barriers and and trying to go from there. Right. So, um, that's our biggest thing is really getting people involved. I think right now, you know, I think roughly we have roughly about 60% of the student body that we see, you know, which is, which is pretty good. Um, now you have to understand like roughly 80% of all the students in the school play a sport. And of that eighty percent, seventy-five are multi-sport athletes, right? So, um, the biggest thing is, yeah, we have a really athletic population, but they're pulled so many directions between different practices, between, between academia, uh, between studying, between travel ball. So, we, it's a really fine line as far as what we do and, and how we, you know, how we go about it. So, communication has to be huge. Um, you know, we talk a lot of people talk about communication at the collegiate level, right? Like, they just talk to your athletes or see how they feel because they know their bodies or whatnot. High school, it's a little bit different because kids, you know, some kids think they're invisible. Some kids, um, you know, think something's very difficult and it's not really difficult. So, you know, it's a fine line as far as those things. And, and you know, um, our biggest thing, our biggest barrier, you know, right off the get go is we wanted to pretty much nip in the bud that, you know, um, teams that are, you know, if it's game day or something like that. And you have a lift scheduled, you're lifting on game day. So we try to make it routine. It's important because at first, the first month or so, like big game day well, kids weren't coming to lift. Well, if a kid has, plays multiple sports in a semester, we only see him one time a week because he has multiple game days throughout the week, right? So we're like, hey, we'll change the volume. We can do different you know, different workouts. We could do primer workouts. We could do different things. The big thing is, is you have to be here. You have to be consistent. And it keeps them, keeps them reliable, right? But then all of a sudden, you get that backing from the coach. And now it's an important process. It's something they find important instead of just skipping and getting ready for game day. It's part of the process and they understand that it's something they have to do. So that's the first thing we nipped in the bud. And I think it's important because that changes if a kid's playing two sports, that changes a kid playing, you know, only lifting once a week around his game schedule. Now he's lifting, you know, three days a week consistently, right? So um, we modify the volume or whatnot, but for the most part, I mean, that's the most important thing is keeping them consistent as far as training goes. So
0: we'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with a revolutionary slat belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shocks to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL NBA and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's Curved Treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy-efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. I think that's awesome. Shout out team builder. Cause I we've used them ourselves and makes programming again amongst multiple sports, you know, faster so we can coach more. But also I think it's, it's good that you were, you're able to provide your students and your athletes with this, you know, this type of programming and, and just overall, just a watchful and keen eye on everything because, I mean, you know what it's like being in the collegiate, realm and you get a a incoming freshman who's seen it before and then they have a they've had a strength coach in the past and it comes in and makes that transition a lot easier um i think a follow-up question would be what would would be i guess a piece of advice for you are primarily collegiate and a professional strength coach what going into the high school setting would you say like Keep an eye out for this, or like, what's something you would tell those coaches that are looking to transition into the high school level? Because I know those jobs are opening all up, but a lot more—they're definitely very much needed. And you have that, you know, the experience of being from the collegiate and pro level to the high school.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think from a coaching standpoint, I guess if you break it down programming-wise, is just is just keep it simple, right? Like um simplicity is key. Uh, don't overdo it. You know, these individuals, you know, these kids will catch on quickly, but there's, there doesn't need to be a progress where they're, where they're, you know, trying to, you're trying to load weight on them consistently, right? Like moving patterns are important. Educating them is important. Like our biggest goal is to, to educate them. So that way, when, you know, when they're done with their four years, if they've taken us for how much period of time is, you know, when they go to college, maybe they're not playing a sport in college, but they know how to train, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, you know, I, I haven't worked out for a month or so. Instead of going into maxing right away, I know I need to progress slowly and try to pr- try to educate them in that standpoint, right? Like, it's a wellness – it's a, it's like a fit-for-life mentality, right? So um, now if our athletes do get, you know, scholarships and able to move, you know, to the next level, we want to make sure that they're prepared for the next level. So as soon as, you know, an athlete reaches out and, and pretty much, uh, you know, gets a scholarship – like we had a, a pitcher going to, going to UCLA or whatnot, so we reached out to her coach – and was like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? How can we prepare her better? So when she gets on campus during the summer months or or in the fall, she's not totally in shock and awe, right? Like she's not behind yeah. eight ball as far as some training goes. So that's the biggest thing is keeping it simple. But you still have those network ties. Like you can still reach out. People, a lot of people think that, you know, once they go to the high school level, especially coming from the collegiate level, that they're going to lose, you know, that network that they have in the in the college realm or whatnot. But I think in actuality will allow you to reach out to to more coaches because you can open up as far as, Hey, what do you expect out of, you know, your freshman athletes when they come in, how can I come visit? Like, I think that's a huge thing as far as uh, breaking outside of that bubble. Um, And I know a lot of college strength coaches are more than willing to help, you know, those high school level coaches, because the better they come into the situation, you know, the the more developed they are, the less the college strength coach has to break them down and, and recorrect, you know, bad habits. Right. So, um, I think another thing from, from a characteristic standpoint is just, you know, really working on postural control, right. From the athlete standpoint, right. You get kids that are, you know, the females are already more, you know, more mature and probably more advanced in some movement areas than a lot of the males, right. Just cause of the maturation process. So our big thing is making sure, you know, uh, from a stability standpoint, are they, are, do they have good, you know, good core strength is a low back strength. Good. Um, good, you know, ankle mobility, making sure they can move. The biggest thing is hinging, you know, learning, teaching kids how to hinge correctly, how to knee bend and squat correctly. Um, those are the big things. And we kind of did, you know, our big, our big challenge was, is, Hey, how do we separate these kids out? Cause we wanted to, you know, we wanted to go through training age. Where we're like, well, we're not going to, we have 40 kids in a class. We're not going to take one kid one by one and kind of, you know, go through things and, and isolate them out. So we actually came in and, and we did like a really I mean, we, we pretty much did an FMS for everybody. And even though the FMS isn't really a, a really great technique for adolescents, right, uh, as far as testing goes, um, at least it gave us an indicator of, hey, these are things we need to look at, right? So like active straight leg raise was poor just because of poor hamstring flexibility from sitting at a desk all day. Um, you know, upper back, you know, strength was really poor just from, you know, looking at a phone and, and being hunched over the desk all day. Uh, poor ankle mobility just because of, of footwear that some of the kids wear most of the time, whether tie tops or, or whatnot. So, you know, there's some other things too, as far as, as far as strengthening aspects that we need to work on. So we pinpointed those and that kind of, that kind of said, Hey, okay, we got, you know, group, you know, group novice, group, intermediate group, you know, we didn't really call them advanced. We call them intermediate A and B because we didn't want to give them title advanced because they think they they were above everything else. So just that terminology, but um, we kind of split it up from there. And, and we, you know, Our seniors that maybe had really poor um, testing scores that maybe shouldn't have been squatting or whatnot, like it's hard to regress those people back, right? Because they're already seniors. They already think they're already ready to get out of school. They already think they're ruling the world. So we kind of, you know, we kind of implemented, yeah, you can squat, but we're going to do it more of a a sub-maximal aspect, right? So, and then we threw in some other correctives in there to try to correct those things. So we didn't take it totally away because we got got total backlash, I think, and not a lot of buy-in from those individuals. Um, but those middle school road, you know, middle of the road kids, those, those, uh, sophomores and juniors, we were able to backtrack them a little bit. And then, um, and then our novice, obviously they start from ground zero. So there was about a month or two months where everybody did a novice program, um, based off where they're at. And then right after that period of time, you know, those older kids, we knew they were, they could go a little bit more advanced. We progressed them right into there. And now what we do now is we, we kind of have a system where we kind of graduate kids, um, based on the exercises and back off, uh, body weight to strength ratios, uh, how they progress and regress as far as exercises go. So it's going to take another year or so to get, kind of get, get everything under the belt and get the, all the kids, uh, acclimated to that. But we've already had some kids, you know, graduate up or whatnot. And, and some of our curriculum has changed too. So, you know, I know it's a little bit off topic, but, um, Cause I'll ramble. You might have to stop me sometimes, but I'll ramble about You're stuff. You're good. Really, coach. But, You're good. Yeah. Uh, you know, our big thing now is, is from our curriculum. Uh, our last curriculum meeting is we'll probably have to put a midterm and a finals in there, so a final you know, test in there. So uh, what we're going to do is pretty much have peer on peer coaching and have, you know, uh, a, a peer teach another peer, how to do a certain movement uh, and make sure they understand the coaching cues and stuff like that, because there now you can see the retention of information, if they're actually listening to coaching cues and how that pretty much their interaction, but now you have peer to peer coaching. So um, now it's getting some leadership skills and, and getting some, you know, cause at that, at that age, even at any age, really, I mean, you really hate, some people really hate, you know, criticism or peer to peer interaction, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm at this level, I shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't have a judgment on me or whatnot. Well, thing is at that level i mean i think it's good to get that criticism going or even positive reinforcement going just for the fact that now you could start that bond a little bit right so um, i think that's a big thing is just having a plan and just not going in empty empty empty-minded and the big thing is too is is you know from a programmer perspective you know start slow i think you hear this time and time again you know start slow and then because you're gonna have the kids roughly for four years so you can progressively move up the ladder a little bit just don't be gung-ho as far as you know you know, getting kids to to lift heavy and, and with poor technique and stuff like that. Like it's a true, it's a true slow cook process and and uh and you really have your you know progressions and regressions in line because they should flow pretty smoothly, right? So
0: definitely. No, I I think that's great. That's a very watchful eye and well thought out process that you're bringing to these these athletes and these kids. And I think it's great. It it tackles both things. It takes care of the ones that have been there for a while and and making sure that you can get their buy-in, but also takes care of the ones that are up and coming and you can yeah, develop. That's the thing.
1: Them. I mean, some kids, you know, some kids that take the class, especially novice, you know, they may not want to progress a different exercise. They may just be happy, you know, doing goblet squats or doing split squats or doing push-ups. Like they're there for more wellness perspective. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. The biggest thing is obviously, you know, further in their education on, you know, whether we're doing something in the weight room or whether doing some type of some, some conditioning aspect is as long as it's proving their overall wellness. Uh, Cause not there's some kids going to take it that just don't want to progress. I don't want to back squat. All right. Well, you don't have to, you know, like that's fine. Like it's not that big of an issue or you might have some females that maybe don't want to lift a heavy load. You kind of have to have that fine line. Everybody thinks that, Hey, if you're starting at point A, you have to get a point B as soon as possible. Uh, some kids will be perfectly happy just from a wellness perspective, moving, being active and, and gaining that confidence because it may be something they just don't want to go to a commercial gym because there are people watching them or whatnot where they're, they're actually around peers. And it's, it's, it's a good environment for them to learn, you know? So.
0: No doubt. Now you have a career that's spans literally decades. What are some trends that you seen in our profession that, you're looking forward to or something that you you're liking how this profession is going?
1: I mean, the biggest thing is technology, right? I think that's, it's huge. It's exciting. Um, I'm all for it. That's something I'm trying to bring to the program is, is, is some more analytical and and integrate that into our, uh, into our uh, academia as far as like have have kids doing labs and stuff. I think it's a great environment to do so, but you know, over the past five years, I mean, you know, you can see it on social media all the time. this, this evolution as far as getting data points and KPIs and measurables. And I think it's, I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a huge perspective. Um, I've talked, you know, I have a lot of free time during the summer. Um, I'm very fortunate, right. Just because the way our, you know, there are some high school strength coaches that don't just because they're dealing with thousands and thousands of kids. We have a very small, um, you know, student body. So I get to, you know, I get to visit and talk to some people on the phone and, and, you know, um, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, And that's something that may come in the, in the future is, you know, all these schools are getting this information, these data points off these, off these athletes. And the biggest thing is it's a lot of positives because you can modify individuals and you can modify the program and see their, their common trends and stuff like that. But a lot of individuals, you know, and this is something I talked to, you know, one of the strength coaches from the Atlanta Falcons just recently is a lot of those guys, um, you know, they don't want, you know, they don't want, they, they can deny wearable. So if they don't want to wear GPS, they can tell the staff, Hey, I'm, I don't want it because that may dictate playing time or practice time. Right. And you may, you may come across that at the college level more, um, especially with a lot of these NLI deals and even draft status, you may have some things where, uh, some of these college kids either, you know, you may have to pay to get their information or they're going to tell you, "Hey, I don't want my information taken, uh, just because it may hurt draft status. And because it's all, it's all going to be open. Right. So, Um, it's going to be a huge, I don't want to say it's gonna be a huge issue, but I do see it becoming a concern, especially with those power five institutions, um, that guys are, you know, they're already getting millions from those NIL deals. And they'd be like, well, if you want this, you got to pay for my information, you know, like, so it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting thing. Uh, but I think technology is awesome. Even with team builder. I mean, um, at first I was hesitant, right? Like I was like, ah, you know, "I'm, I'm a big Excel guy or like, you know, Google sheets guy. So I'm like, you know, this is fantastic. But, um you know, it, it does save a lot of time. It's an easy way, especially during COVID. I think that's what really maybe buy in, right? Because you can, you know, kids can train, you can send everything through there. And uh, then you have access as far as their data. You can look at what they've done and, and stuff and track it. And I think it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, um you know, I think that's a huge tangible asset, you know, velocity based training has come along quite a bit. You know, uh, I don't know if it's something at the high school level that you really need, uh, but I think it's something that you could always have because you're always trying to build your resume, right? Like I think as a coach, depending on where you're at, whether you're at division one, if you're at power five, if you're a mid-major, if you're division two, division three, like you're trying to build that resume up, even though you're happy there and stuff, you still don't want to be out of the loop. Right. So that way, if I call up, you know, FYNG at power five university, I can have a conversation about what we're doing and, and how things are similar. Right. So uh, because, you know, it, it is what it is. I think, you know, if you don't, if you don't have that passion for the profession that you're really trying to gain information all the time, um, you'll get lost in the shuffle a little bit, right? Like it's, it is, but that's a common trend technology. I think it's huge. Um, you know, the big debate now, I don't know if it's even a really big debate is, you know, do you do Olympic lifts? You don't do Olympic lifts. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, training's training. Um, I think there's different ways to skin a cat as far as some things. I mean, back in the nineties, it was, you know, are you a high intensity guy or are you, you know, Olympic based guy, right? Like, um, it, you know, if you had a, if you had a facility and you could do everything, it, it, everything's good at certain times of the year, it just depends on what your philosophy is and, and where you're at. So, I mean, um, you know, when I, when I helped out with the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, I worked at Jacksonville university at the time I was the director there and I was a big Olympic lift guy, but when I went to volunteer for the Jaguars, they were a huge high intensity. So, um, he didn't have to have me, you know, his name was Marcus Asanovich at the time. That's who I worked for it was a long time ago. And he's a high school strength coach now in, in uh, Minnesota, but, he was a big high intensity guy and we'd have these discussions all the time. And the thing is, is what I liked about that is, you know, a lot of people like to surround themselves with people with the same philosophy, especially interns, right? So, oh, you're an Olympic lift guy, good, where he's actually willing to bring somebody on that wasn't a true Olympic lift guy, but we educate each other on why we did the certain movements, right? Like he had a room full of machines so he could do high intensity stuff till, you know, till the cows came home, right? So um, I was more, I was stuck with what I had as far as facilities. We had bumpers, we had Olympic bars that's what we're going to do, you know? So I think every environment is a little bit different. And I think you have to master those kind of philosophies a little bit, especially to the environment that you're in. Not everybody's going to get a power five job that they're going to be able to clean out the room and bring in their own equipment company that fit their needs. You can be manageable. You know, some division three are trained out of the rec center, right? So if they don't have bumper plates, then you have to use your philosophy and, and, you know, figure it out that because they're not going to come in and change the whole rec center just for you. Right. And I think a lot of people get, kind of spoiled sometimes as far as that. But um I think those are the two biggest things in my eyes. I mean, I think networking is bigger now than than ever before. Um especially if I if I when I was an intern, you know, um, you know, it, it looking for looking for that network of of, hey, who's that group of people that are always getting hired or or whatnot. I think that's important nowadays is Hey, who are the, who's the, who's the big group that you're going to, you know, that's going to get hired next, what's going on and try to link up with them because that's going to, that's going to open some doors that other places, you know, you can look at different, you know, SEC schools or whatnot, or they have connections, right? Like it's it's weird. One person gets fired from SEC school and they're working another one the next day. Right. So they're all connected and they're all working together. It's the same, same across the board as as far as a lot of leagues. So you just gotta be really, uh, You know, when you're an intern, you got to really be resourceful as far as who you choose and who you want to work under. So, because it could be something of the direction, the path of what your your you know your philosophy and your career really goes. So,
0: Perch delivers velocity-based training, no strings attached. Perch was engineered at MIT and uses compact 3D cameras to monitor and manage weight room performance without being a distraction. Perch is a VBT built for the 21st century. Attach Perch to any weight rack in minutes. While you lift, Perch uses cameras to passively collect velocity and power data output in real time and store it in post-workout analysis. Perch is a revolutionary and innovative sports technology device that enhances workouts, reduces injuries, and saves time. Perch works with every level organization from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the military, D1 through high school, the private sector, and the home gym. Perch is portable, easy to install, and intuitive to use, making it ideal for every facility and every training goal. No more pre-workout setup, no more wearables, no more broken strings. Set Perch up once, optimize every rep, every set, and every training session. Train with increased precision and measure and manage your progress every step of the way. For exclusive deals and offers, head to Perch.fit/chalk. Again, that's perch.fit slash chalk to check out deals, exclusive offers, and see how Perch can help take your program to the next level. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's global director of performance and education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward.
1: Well, after 22 years of of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed Working and learning and talking to other people and and coaches and developing that camaraderie, I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was, too, to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me.
0: Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.